0: Welcome to the Doing Design Podcast on This Is HCD, hosted by the world's best design and innovation trainers at thisisdoing.com. The Doing Design Podcast takes you behind the scenes of all things related to actually doing innovation and design, such as design research, facilitation, prototyping, visualization, and more. It's a great sounding board for industries like service design, UX, content design, and product management. In this episode, you'll hear from myself and Padley, the head of faculty at This Is Doing. I'll be joined by Janbo Chen, a designer and illustrator based in Germany. Janbo recently joined This Is Doing as a graphic recorder at the Doing Design Festival. And as we were planning the festival, I absolutely loved working with Janbo. So I wanted to take the opportunity to go behind the scenes at the Doing Design Festival to learn more about how she uses graphic recording to bring experiences to life. We talk about how she got her start with visualization, the role of preparation and structure in the process of making the intangible tangible. And she shares some tips for how you can start integrating more visual communication into your work. Before we start, I just wanna give another big shout out to everyone who joined the Doing Design Festival. All right, excellent. Janbo, hello and welcome to the podcast. It is really great to have the opportunity to connect with you after the Doing Design Festival. Hi, thank you so much for the invitation. You join This Is Doing team as the graphic recorder for the recent Doing Design Festival that we had and it was just an absolute pleasure working with you all the way in the run up to the Doing Design Festival. And then the work that you did at the festival, you had a live stream going over on YouTube. You were posting graphic recordings after each session to a live Miro board. And it was just a really great way to provide some visual evidence of what was happening at the festival. Thank you. So one of the things that... We wanted to just kind of dive into today is to talk a little bit more about graphic recording and just visualization in general. It's such an important topic for so many of us, right? I think a lot of us know the value in visualization, but wish we were better at it. So really excited to dive in, figure out how you got your start in visualization and how you approach the work that you do. So let's start there. Uh, just Tell me a little bit about how you got your start in graphic recording, but also just all things visualization. All right. About four years ago,
1: I think I was just asked to draw at a meeting for my old employer. And I bought a book about it and Googled it and practiced my drawing skills while just watching TED Talks. And I think that's the way other people can get into this too. Just based on the book and drawing anything while listening to a video of a speech or a TED Talk or... Anything similar is really helpful, so you can gauge how fast you are and how much of the content you can actually capture.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What was your Spark book? Which book did you get? Oh, I have it here. It's in German, but I'm sure there's an English version of it somewhere. It shows a lot of tips about graphic recording, and there's a lot of examples from portfolios. It's called graphic recording. (laughs) I have no idea who this is from. But yeah, Ah, this is just a book called Graphic Recording. It's hard to miss.
0: All right. A book called Graphic Recordings in German, but there are a lot of books out there on graphic recording, visualization. And like you said, you also relied a little bit on some TED Talks or YouTube videos too. Yeah, basically, I don't watch the TED Talks or YouTube videos
1: like drawing tutorials. I watch just regular content and try to summarize it with my drawings. So it doesn't really matter what you watch as long as you can practice drawing it.
0: Absolutely. That is such a great tip. So talk to me a little bit more about, so you were invited to just draw during a meeting about four years ago and that kind of lit this spark of visualization, but you have actually been working in service design and innovation your whole career. So you have really been able to start to merge this visualization with the service design field. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's a super long story because I've
1: been drawing all of my life. Literally when I was a kid and I refused to speak to adults, I would just draw stuff everywhere. Like there's a picture book, I'll draw someone eating something because they look hungry. And I have at least five picture books where all the people pictured have something like food next to their mouth. I'm not sure what I was thinking there. So food yeah. has been a, a
0: common theme in your drawings, great. <laughs>
1: yes, and I studied communication design and creative direction and then got an internship as a service designer and then a regular job as a service designer. After that, I just became a freelancer. So it's just two years ago when I just
0: randomly started graphic recording. As we were preparing for this episode, you mentioned that you do graphic recording, but that's just a really small piece of the way that you use visualization in your work and as you're working with service designers and on service design projects. What other types of visualization are you using in your
1: work? Broadly speaking, I would say anything that could count as quick visualization because I have an education as a normal communication designer. I do anything related to that. Theoretically, I do corporate design and stuff. But I'm really focused on anything that's quick, for example, visual prototyping sessions where my clients just describe to me what I should draw and I draw it as fast as possible so they can have something they can test in interviews or just in their group. And I also do stuff like sketch notes. If I read a book, I also draw a summary of it.
0: Excellent. So somebody might actually invite you to come into a meeting where they're working on a new concept and actually bring that visualization to life so you're able to test it. Do you have any examples that you are able to share with us of a time that you did that and kind of the impact it had on the project?
1: Sadly, they are all covered by NDAs. I work with several agencies, but essentially they can just come up with a product idea in workshops or just in private and they'll book me for an hour or so and I can draw this. And then they have something to show to interview potential clients or just go to a meeting and vote on it or show to their high-ups. It's
0: just making something easily understood. Let's talk about the tools that you're using then. So we mentioned for the festival, you were using Myra board to share the outputs from each session. You also had that live stream of your work running over on YouTube. Can you tell us a little bit about your setup? Like, What tools were you using and what was actually happening behind the scenes at your desk in order to make all of this happen? Well, during the graphic recording,
1: I don't do much. I really just listen and draw, but beforehand I have a long list of preparations because I'm kind of nervous about it. I always assume that tech will fail and it often does. So. Every time I prepare layers in Photoshop and set it up as a cloud document if I can, and then I can use it on the iPad or PC in case one of them just breaks. and I have a mobile hotspot prepared. I do a tech test under the same conditions, and I often also have a checklist of client specific things. In our case, it was trailers from the mirror board after each posting or add a live stream link at this hour is prepared individually
0: so it sounds like you prepare shape much like as we were going into the facilitation we kind of prepared all of our timing so we knew exactly what was happening when it sounds like you kind of have that playbook behind the scenes as well as you're doing the graphic recording to make sure that you're aligning with the time that the client needs and the deliverables you've agreed on
1: yeah and what i can also recommend to any listeners When you get started in graphic recording and you're still a little bit unsure about your skills, then you can just prepare a sheet of keywords that will probably be used. In our case it was facilitation, research, group, teamwork and so on. And for each of these words, because they are abstract, I prepare some ways I could depict it. For example, getting to know someone, that's hard to depict, so I might just uh,
0: picture two shaking hands. That is actually a really great visualization practice that I've seen before in some of the classes that I've seen online, or even some of the classes that I've attended myself as they just kind of give us an object, some abstract concept, like you said, teamwork or facilitation or employee engagement. And you kind of brainstorm the different ways that you might be able to depict that just as you just said, and then kind of move on to say, okay, how could I actually start to draw one or two of these? And it's interesting how using that pattern really helps you to start thinking about moving from really abstract ideas to a bit more tangible and concrete. And I would guess that that's the same skill that you're using. Yeah, exactly. But most of the time, I just draw
1: very simple shapes The expectations for these visual prototyping sessions is not to produce something beautiful, but something that can be tested. So they have some specifics, like the material they want to use, or they want to show how large it is in comparison to a person. Those are the classics, but no one really expects you to draw something detailed or pretty or refined. It's really just a very rough sketch, at least in the sessions I do.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. So often, I think the perfectionism that we have with our drawing and with our visualization is more self-imposed than it is imposed by the other people who are going to look and view it. It really is about getting that rapid representation down on paper or digitally in some format.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this is actually the exact problem we are trying to solve because we're living in an attention economy. So we already fighting for the attention of potential clients, we don't have to worry that they'll take 10 minutes to look at this picture. You'll be lucky if you get one minute. So you don't have to worry about imperfections.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes simpler is better. So let's jump back to kind of the setup you're using. As we were preparing for the festival, we talked about a few different options. And one of the options you gave was Well, I could draw this directly in in Miro, could use some of the other tools. I think you were drawing it directly into Photoshop. And we talked about the different quality of outputs that we would get depending on which tool you were actually using. Tell us a little bit more about the tools or the software that you're using in order to bring these to life. I usually use
1: Photoshop for everything. But theoretically, you can do a graphic recording in Miro or Mural or whatever online whiteboard you want to use. The problem is just that they're not made for it. They design drawing options while thinking about how someone might draw an arrow, but they are not really thinking about that someone might draw a figure or even more detailed pictures. So you have these vector illustrations, and if you try to erase part of a line, the entire line is gone. And that's my main problem with Miro. Also that they don't
0: recognize pressure from my pen. So you mentioned the pressure from your pen. What kind of tablet are you using for doing the hand drawings? I just use a Vacuum Cintiq
1: 24.
0: It has a touchscreen and a pen, and it's connected to my PC. So at the Doing Design Festival, our focus was on doing design online. And I know that is the space that most of us have been operating in over the past year, 18 months. And i just wondered before we moved into that space, were you still doing your work primarily digitally, meeting with clients over Zoom, or were you actually in person with a, a giant sheet of white paper? How has that kind of that shift from in person to online looked for you? To be honest, I really
1: missed those big conferences where I could draw on large areas. I often just used a flip chart if it was there, so they have one flip chart for each session. I always suggested that we could use a whiteboard, but I never did. The recordings serve as an icebreaker and conversation starters, and naturally people tend to gravitate towards them and start discussions around the topic that's pictured, because they can clearly see like the tips and the summary and a few comments from the participants, and they can talk about these specific points. It's not as abstract. You're not talking about the entirety of online facilitation, for example. You're just talking about that one comment that someone said. And that was really nice. And with online graphic recording, that does not seem to be as easy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can see you You don't always get that same audience feedback as well. Like you say, in a person meeting, you can kind of tell when people are all coming around one visual thing because they start to point to specific Whether it's post-its or a drawing or whatever it is, they start to point to it and you can see that engagement. But in the online space, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult. If we're using something like Miro, maybe we actually have to try to do a little low-tech tracking and just ask people to kind of put their mouses where their mouse, where they're looking so that we can kind of follow and see where they are. But you're right. It's a little bit more challenging to sometimes see that engagement and what they're looking at and what they're all coming. Together around. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: just, it doesn't feel as natural for the participants as well. They can't just coincidentally stand next to a picture and then hear someone else talk about it. These kinds of coincidences don't happen in live stream conferences. And I really miss when they would be icebreakers or people would just snap a picture of it with their phone and they can just carry the documentation home and they didn't know where to find it there is no follow-up needed because they already took a picture with it, maybe even a selfie.
0: And for the participants that you are doing the graphic recording for, you, you mentioned that they might snap a picture and be able to carry that home. Now, I guess what they have is they have that, in our case, from the Doing Design Festival, for example, they have that Miro board that they can come back to and revisit. In some cases, I was talking to one of the participants from the festival and they actually mentioned that they weren't able to see all of the sessions live that day. So they had found the graphic recordings really useful and that they went back and they reviewed each session to look at those really key points that were introduced in the session. And that's kind of how they made their choice about the order of the sessions they were going to review over in the private network where we placed all of the recordings. So they really used the graphic recording in a really flexible way to get that high level view of what happened at the festival, and then make some decisions about what they wanted to dive into a little bit deeper. And I thought that was a really interesting use case for graphic recording. Yeah, that's super interesting. I've never even thought
1: about it, but it kind of confirms my view that graphic recording serves as, like all visuals, as orientation in information overload world. All illustrators provide some kind of guidance, and there are statistics like it's much more likely that you'll read a text if it has an interesting illustration next to it. Essentially, illustration provides more value than ever. Even bad illustrations, because they draw attention, they summarize, they provide orientation on what might be interesting, and the style even hints at the target group it's intended for.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. It almost serves as a roadmap. You get that high-level view, you kind of are able to orient yourself to the space but you're able to dive in, just like if you're planning a road trip. Road trip is always my go-to analogy for things like these. You You might look at the map and you see what's happening, but then you can start to dive into really specific areas that you might be interested in visiting or learning more about. And you can always kind of zoom in and zoom back out, depending on where you feel like you need to navigate. So in that way, it gives you more autonomy as you're, in our case, this learning environment where you can almost create your own pathway through the learning experience. That's a great analogy.
1: This is one of the problems I struggle with. I just never know where to start when I try to learn something. Let's say I want to learn how to animate text in a specific way. I really wouldn't know how to start if I didn't already know some After Effects from other tutorials, because I wouldn't know, do I click on this After Effects Basics course, on this After Effects for Dummies course, Or in this After Effects for Type course, and it's spread across so many platforms. And this is where I see visualization as being super important. Thumbnails are, in my opinion, not that much different from other types of illustration because it's a hint at what the content is.
0: So, one of the things that I've always admired about graphic recording, you can tell I kind of wish I was better at this, but I've always been in awe of it because. You not only need to be a great artist, have that artistic skill to bring things to life, but you also need to be a really great listener. You need to be a great multitasker because you're listening, you're drawing, you're doing a lot of different things. You're navigating the digital space all in the same time. But on top of all of those things, you also have to have this ability to really organize your thoughts into a tangible space so sometimes all that chaos that's happening in our brain make it into something that can be linear or organized in some way into the physical space so I'm interested in hearing how do you balance this thinking listening and doing all at the same time that's a great point because the common misconception
1: is that graphic recording is about drawing, but your drawing skills aren't really that important. It's much more about listening super carefully the entire time. The tips I have is to first pay attention to the time. My rule of thumb is I just fill up a quarter of the canvas in a quarter of the available time. Because even if the speaker has, let's say, three main points he wants to talk about, maybe one of those points fills up half of his speaking time. So that accounts for that. And if someone is talking, you can always listen for anything that indicates structure. For example, if he has four tips, five cheat codes, and so on, that's crucial information for me. But it's not the only information I need to structure this. And can take away some of the decisions beforehand, so you save time by just picking out the colors and the general layout beforehand that's what we did before the festival.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you're taking into consideration the time, you're listening well, you're looking for those structural clues that people kind of embed into their presentations. I'm going to tell you about five key things today. Those are all kind of gold mines for you in the graphic recording space. Yeah. What else are you listening for or how else do you kind of pull out the key topics if somebody isn't giving you those really clear, these five things are what I'm going to talk about today?
1: Well, from the title, you can already tell something. If it's more of an Q&A session, I always try to pull a lot of the participant input into it. And maybe it's about a spiritual journey, then I just use more flowery imagery and stuff. or If it's literally a journey, I try to plan some kind of roadmap. But this is all something you can do beforehand if you know something about the event that's upcoming. When I know literally nothing and I'm just put in the room there, I just listen to these keywords and, most importantly, metaphors if they use any. Oh, this is a tip that I brought with me today. It can be hard to visualize certain abstract topics. Words like impact. So you can consider the three types of signs. There are symbols. They just conventionally stand for what the object is you want to depict. For example, a light bulb stands for an idea. And those symbols are often what you think about when you're thinking about graphic recording. That's not entirely it. There are also icons. That's anything that looks similar to what you're depicting. For example, your drawing of a cat looks like a cat, like a real one. And then there's an index. An index is a sign that somehow implies or points to a depicted object. For example, a clock stands for time. A muscular person stands for strength. So if you can't figure out a symbol or an icon, then you think about an index. Anything that implies what you're trying to uh, say. Like impact could be someone jumping off a cliff and making an impact on the ground like a superhero or it can be the footsteps, it can be something that's dropped from the sky,
0: anything that just implies what you are trying to depict. Excellent. Let's make a little activity for the listeners out there who want to try it. Yambo, what is one abstract thing that you have to represent often that we can kind of challenge the listeners out there to make a quick list of the different ways they might interpret that or they might draw that visually what's one thing that you're working with a lot that we could do that with online facilitation you can draw this as a laptop you can draw
1: this as a person reaching out of a laptop like who's jumping out of it you can depict it as connections between several devices you can depict it as the platforms and the apps you're using you can depict files
0: Yeah, absolutely. Online facilitation. You mentioned teamwork. So if someone wants to give this activity a try, what are the different ways that you might be able to present? Teamwork, impact, you already gave us some great tips on that one. What is one other word? What's one other thing you're depicting a lot? Speech, agility. Agility. What are the different ways that you could present agility? Oh, you'd
1: have to go pretty far for that. Maybe show someone splitting their legs looking very flexible, whose limbs are super long. You can really go this weird way too. (laughs) If you write agility next to it, you can basically do
0: anything. That's a great point. So actually, text and images together, I was doing a little bit of research before we joined the call, and some of the research says that actually using visuals in combination with the text can really extend people's memories, especially if you're the one drawing it, right? Because you're building that context in your mind as you're creating the piece. So are you often using visuals and adding text together with them?
1: I do it all the time. Even when I prepare for a meeting, I have a lot of screenshots where I write notes on them. I'm a very visual type. That's why I don't even listen to podcasts and now I'm making one. So that's ironic.
0: Absolutely. I think we have already talked a little bit about how drawing is such an important skill, especially in the service design and innovation space. Just wondering if you have any final tips that you'd like to share with us on how people can get started just in being a little bit better, being visual communicators, whether that's taking visual notes or just creating something quickly to make something more tangible in a meeting. Do you have any additional tips for how people can just really quickly get started?
1: Yeah, the easiest tip is to think about how uh, your handwriting looks and optimize that slightly so it's more readable and it already looks much better. For example, you can pay attention to the lines if you're writing in big letters like I do. To improve your handwriting, you can just pay attention to the lines in the letters to line them up at the same height. You can work with very few sizes of text like, you have one title size, one subtitle size, and one regular text size. And if you do just that, the graphic recording already looks much cleaner. But you don't have to do that, it's just at the beginning it really helps if you limit yourself to a smaller palette, fewer texts, fewer types of images. For example, if you start off drawing stick figures, you can just keep drawing stick figures, that's okay. but It can be kind of confusing if you mix styles too much. For example, if you start using perspective for some and then some regular icons and then some stick figures, but then some technical drawings. It's hard to mix those types. If you can just stick to one, even if it's stick figures, it's also easier to understand for a viewer.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip. It sounds like a lot of the key to unlocking some of this Visual communication when you're listening to a presentation or you're taking notes in a meeting is really setting up a structure that's going to set you up for success. Even though graphic recording looks like it's all kind of on the fly, there's a lot of prep and a lot of structure that comes in that can actually help you organize your thoughts, help you organize your notes in a way that will be really effective in communicating the message you're trying to send.
1: And if you're not talking about graphic recording, but uh, in general visualization, you have a lot of power to use that during meetings yourself, if you just think about the structure beforehand. I think a lot of beginners try to use the so-called popcorn structure, where they have a bunch of unrelated clusters spread across the entire page. But you can also do a timeline, you can do something like a table, but visualized, or just with better handwriting. You can do a Gantt diagram. You can do simple pie charts. Basically, you can structure it any way you want. You don't have to start with the popcorn structure that just isn't really a structure. Or you can just go the super easy way. If you're depicting a journey, just draw the road beforehand. And during the meeting, you just add the stops, like the milestones you have or if you want to divide tasks between your team members, you can prepare the chat beforehand. There is no rule against that. That's not cheating. That's preparation.
0: Absolutely. That's a great quote. There's no rule against it. That's not cheating. That's preparation. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing those tips with us. Before we wrap up, is there anything we didn't get to that you would just love to be able to tell people out there about visualization in general? It's not actually a, tip but don't be
1: limited by labels like graphic recording or sketch notes most of the time i don't even know if what i'm doing is could be called a sketch note or a graphic recording essentially a sketch note is something you can do on a smaller scale and maybe for yourself and you're not limited by time while the graphic recording is really a recording of what you just saw and you're essentially just the translator who records what has happened in real time but It's hard to differentiate uh, between those two or other types. So you don't need to have a label for what you're drawing. You can just draw whatever you want in whatever structure you want as long as people understand it. And you can use it for anything. You can use it for meeting recaps. You can use it to prepare meetings. You can use it to show an idea to your boss. You're not limited by what these types of visualization are called. I don't know that either.
0: Great. That is uh, such a great tip. Thank you so much. Yanbo for joining us today it has been a great conversation I'm really excited to start doing taking my own notes a little bit more visually in meetings so thank you for that inspiration and again thank you for all the great work that you did at the doing design festival we are going to go ahead and post the link to the recordings that Yanbo did in the show notes so that everyone can take a look at what happened at the doing design festival Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Doing Design podcast on This Is HCD. We'll drop a link to Yambo's work in the show notes. And if the sessions intrigue you, recording only tickets for the Doing Design Festival are still available at doingdesignfestival.com.